the footprints of Abraham. Let us pray. Our dear Lord and Father in heaven, we thank you for giving us life today. We thank you, Lord God in heaven, for impressing our hearts with your words. We thank you, Father, for giving us the desire and the zeal to know your will and to walk in the paths of life. O Lord, we ask once again for your wisdom upon your word, that these words will indeed be a light unto our feet and a lamp unto our paths. For we pray in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Today, our topic is the test of faith, the waiting time. Genesis chapter 18, verse 14. Is anything too hard for the Lord? As the time appointed, I will return unto thee according to the time of life, and Sarah shall have a son. The Tracts and Prophets, page 145, paragraph 1. Abraham had accepted without question the promise of a son, but he did not wait for God to fulfill his word in his own time and way. A delay was permitted to test his faith in the power of God, but he failed to endure the trial, thinking it impossible that a child should be given her in her old age, Sarah suggested, as a plan by which the divine purpose might be fulfilled, that one of her handmaids should be taken by Abraham as a secondary wife. Polygamy had become so widespread that it had ceased to be regarded as a sin. But it was no less a violation of the law of God and was fatal to the sacredness and peace of the family relation. Abraham's marriage with Hagar resulted in evil, not only to his own household, but to future generations. Abraham was faced with a situation that required him to wait. He had been given prom a promise by God that he would have his own son. However, he had waited for a long time. He had waited for God to fulfill this promise. And then he still needed to wait and depend on the providence of God. The delay was permitted to test his faith in the power of God. But he failed to endure the trial. He yielded to the suggestion of his wife, Sarah, to have another wife to get a son from his own self. God did not accept that providence because God had his own plan for Abraham. God had his own purpose. Most times, God requires us to wait and allow him carry out his purpose and plan in our lives. The waiting time may not be an easy one. The waiting time may not be a time that is pleasant to us. We may have evidences why we may not want to wait, but God wants us to wait. God wants to test our faith in his power. Sometimes we are waiting on God for some things 
or we are looking up to him to fulfill some things in our lives in accordance to his word. And then we have the option of doing things our own way. We have the option of taking the shortcuts. We have the options of doing it the way every other person does it. We have the option of, in other words, committing a sin to get what we want and then experience the joy of getting what we want. But is that what God wants? There's a lesson for us to be learned from the mistake Abraham made. And of course, God was trying to prove him and develop his faith relationship with him. James chapter 1 from verse 2 to 4 says, My brethren, count it all joy when ye fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience, but let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. The trial of our faith works patience in us, and we need to allow patience to have her perfect work, that we may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. So the perfection of Christian character is what God wants us to be. And in this process of perfecting Christian character, we will be called to exercise patience with God. God's time, as we say, is the best. But most times we say it and we do not believe it. It is not just that we say it. The scripture gives us evidence that God's time is the best. There will be evidences presented to us that we can take other steps or other actions that seems reasonable to us. But is that what God wants? Is that the perfection of Christian character God wants us to achieve through the process of the exercise of patience? Council's Christian service, rather, page 235, paragraph 5 says, It is not a conclusive evidence that a man is a Christian because he manifests spiritual ecstasy under extraordinary circumstances. Holiness is not rapture. It is an entire surrender of the will to God. It is living by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. It is doing the will of our Heavenly Father. It is trusting God in trial, in darkness as well as in the light. It is walking by faith and not by sight. It is relying on God with unquestioning confidence and resting in His love. This is the requirement of a Christian. God does not want us to depend upon the impressions of our hearts or the, or the desperation of our hearts or the expectation of people. God wants us to wait for him. The trial of our faith worketh patience and patience when exercised we carry out its perfect work in our lives. Isaiah chapter 40 verse 31 says, But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Friends, we have beyond our earthly attainments and expectations a greater promise made to us 
by God. And what is that promise? His second coming to redeem us from the earth. And in that promise in John chapter 14 verse 1, he has said, Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God and believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. I will go and prepare a place for you. And when I go to prepare a place for you, I will come back and receive you unto myself, that where I am, ye may be also. This is another great promise that we have. And the time, the passing time of this promise requires us to exercise patience. Because we are not depending on the experiences that we have, whether in the light or in the darkness. We are depending on the sure word of the promise of God. That he will come again. The world as evil and terrible as it is. Will go on. We are not. We cannot quench all the evils in the world. But we can do our part. And part of what we need to do. Is to show by our works. That we are waiting. For the redemption. Of our souls by God. We should not allow all the allurements of earth. And the ugliness that life may bring to us. To cause us to take a shortcut. Or to find or make our own plans and deviate from the plan and expectation of God. God's promises are sure and they are true because He's going to bring them to fulfillment. Psalms 27, verse 14 says, Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and He shall strengthen thine hearts. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Let's pray. Father, Lord in heaven, help us to wait on you in everything that we look up to you for. And especially help us to wait on you as we anticipate your second coming. Help us not to compromise our integrity for anything earthly in exchange for a peaceful or happy life here on earth. Because we know we have a better home and a better country. Help us, O Lord in heaven, to depend upon your word and to indeed wait. For we pray in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Good morning, everyone. We thank God for allowing us to see a new week and thank God for the ability to go through his word. The Bible says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. As we go into the word of God, the word of Jesus and what he has to say, on marital separation and divorce we can only pray that the lord will guide us and we'll learn lessons that will apply into our lives as we begin we'll be looking at the introduction the definition of marriage definition of marital separation divorce reasons for marital separation and we'll be looking at it from the child's perspective especially and then conclusion before we go into details let's put everything into the hands of god our most precious father we thank heavenly father for your mercy and your protection because we are the one that gives us the word unto to say heavenly father father the lord is going to reproach and to prepare us heavenly father for the times to come oh god i pray as we are going to go into your words please show us understanding show us the path to correct and most importantly help us not to make these mistakes that are not only detrimental to our lives but detrimental to others and our children's life in jesus name i pray amen so firstly what is this marriage Marriage is the second institution created by God for man in Eden. After the Sabbath, it is seen in Genesis 2, verse 25. And the rib that the Lord God had taken from the man, he made into the woman and brought her to the man. 
Then the man said this, At last, this is bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. This one shall be called woman, for out of man this was taken. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and cling to his wife, and they become one flesh. And the man and his wife were naked, and they were not ashamed. So we see how God conducted the first marriage between Adam and Eve. And this is meant to be a type for everyone, an antitype or a type for every one of us that wants to get married. For every one of us God's children, we ought to leave our fathers and mothers, leave our parents, be matured enough, and then cleave to one another permanently, as Adam and Eve did. So now, what is marital separation versus divorce? Marital separation is an abnormality that occurs in marriage in which, due to several reasons, positive, e.g. such as job, education, or negative, such as abuse of the spouses in a marriage, have to live apart from each other, despite being formally married, while they they are simply living apart or in different locations. On the other hand, divorce is the official and legal termination of a marital union, meaning the end of marriage. It is also an abnormally, while separation may be temporary, may just be living apart. Divorce, on the other hand, is the permanent end, which is also an abnormally. It is not meant to be so. Now, from PrEP, which is an institution that conducted a research on reasons why there's ma- a marital separation and divorce, we find out that 75.0% say lack of commitment, 59.6% says infidelity, 57.7% says conflict or arguments, consistent arguments. 45.1% says marrying too young, which is the fourth reason. 36.7% said financial problem, that's the fifth. 34.6% says substance abuse. 23.5% says domestic violence. And finally, there are other reasons, which is 20%, such as religious doctrines. Now, this is the reason for, not all, but some of the reasons for marital separation and divorce. We usually reflect on marital separation and divorce in the in the extent of oh what is the effect to the woman? Okay, when she when she divorces her husband, then she is separated, what is the effect to the woman? As if it's the woman that is only affected. And once in a while we do mention the child, but nobody actually I, I don't know, apart from people that come out to share their experience, nobody can actually reason in the biblical sense why did God say in Malachi 21, 13 to 16, actually in verse 16, that what? He hates divorce. Now, I'll read it to you. And this you do as well. You cover the Lord's altar with tears, with weeping and groaning, because he no longer regards the offering or accepts it with favor at your hand. You ask, why does he not? Because the Lord was a witness between you and the wife of your youth, to whom you have been faithless, though she's your companion and your wife by covenant did not want god make her both flesh and spirits are his and what does the one god desire did god or the one god desire godly offspring so look to yourself and do not let anyone be faithless to the wife of his youth for i hate divorces the lord the god of israel and covering wrong garments with violence says the lord of hosts so take heed to yourself and do not what? Do not be faithless. Do not be faithless to your wife of your youth. 
Now, this wife of your youth can be seen as your first wife. Because if you notice, they said Isaac loved the wife of his youth. Jacob loved the wife of his youth. So this shows that their very first wife. And it also works both ways, not only to the man, but also to the woman. And why did God say exactly, I hate divorce? What did he say? That one of the functions of marriage right here is for you to bring up godly offspring. So the Lord knows in his wisdom that when there is a divorce or separation and you are faithless to the wife of your youth, what happens? You are unable to bring up godly offspring. Permit me to share my own personal experience and why I say that it is really not what would Jesus do in times of separation and divorce. Although Jesus never got married, we do know that he lived according to his father. He said in his word that he and his father is one and he does only what his father has asked him to do. So then, what is the effect of this marital separation or divorce on the children? Personally, I would love to share my encounter, like I said. My parents officially separated in 2018. Now, I was in university and to be honest, I was relieved. You asked me why are you relieved, why are you a Christian, why are you happy that yes, your parents were separated. But I have to tell you that because of Christianity, because of society, because of a lot of factors, a lot of women would stay in marriages that are not working out and would rather suffer. And though they have separated, in fact, they have divorced in all ways, apart from living apart. But in spiritually, emotionally, sexually, in all form of marriage, that God says that the man and the wife shall cleave and be one, they are separated. All that is left is they would not physically separate from each other. Why? Because they don't know what the society would say, where well, people will laugh at them, their family will tell you, I told you not to marry this man, all kinds of reasons. So that was the case of my parents. They were just, let me use the word, living together, but they were separated. So all kinds of heated arguments. Right from when I was small, as far back as I can remember all my life, all kinds of heated arguments. There was, I can't presently remember when my parents would say an actual proper kind word to each other. So they were just living together. And when finally in 2018, my mom had enough to say very ugly occurrence, and she packed out. I was like, ah, thank God. Perhaps it is God's will. By then, I wasn't into God's words by then. See me happy. And then it came to pass that when I was, my mom called me because I was in school when all these things happened. And she called me and that, okay, yes, I was at home when she left. But then I wasn't at home when she packed out. All I witnessed was she leaving. And then she called me that um, I've packed out this, that. And then I was like, mommy, do you? Because that's his popular opinion. Do what makes you happy. Don't, 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 um, what did I tell her again? I told her that do what makes you happy. Do you? Don't suffer yourself. You have suffered enough. This, that. I supported her. Now, what was the two reasons of me supporting her? One, personally, I felt it was better that way. At least I would have peace of mind. So it was totally selfish. 
I said I would have peace of mind. At least when I go home, I would rest. Secondly, I said so because of benefits. My mom is the one, I knew that if my parents were separated, I would eat from here, I would eat from there. So all my reasons for supporting separation and everything between them was strictly selfish. Or not me, it was until the time I was finishing school and I went home. That's for break. And behold my eyes, they didn't drive me home. They drove me to my mommy's new house. And there my brother was, my younger brother. Apparently, my mom has taken me and my younger brother, and my dad had taken my older siblings. And this new life, oh boy, I would like to you in all ways. The house was better. The house was better than normal house. It was a bungalow, well furnished, this, that. It wasn't a matter of money, but it was empty. It was not home. See me that was supporting. I, I was, I was lost. I missed my dad. There are occurrences when you need a father. There are things that will happen to your life that you need your father. Yes, your mother will be there. She will try to act like both the man and the wife, make sure that yes, you are not missing him, buy this, buy that, spoil you, trying to tell you that yes, we'll survive. But in all honesty, there are some things that only a man can do in your life. And it goes both ways. Because times that will visit my father too, Maybe when I'm having serious menstrual pain or something, something, something is happening in my life. I need my mother. I do not know how to explain this, but I am telling from the deep, deep part of my heart that as a child, you need both parents. It is a different thing if one is dead. Then you know that yes, God is all you have in that aspect. But knowing that they are both alive, but because of this reason or that, it makes you angry. It makes you angry with God that it makes you angry with the two of them. You're first angry with God that ah, what is going on? Why are you? And especially when you are not strong in faith by then. And then I won't lie to you. I had serious behavior problems. I was just constantly, constantly irritated. You would talk to me and you would do something small, and it's as if no, you have done the worst to me. It's not you that is doing me. I just can't talk. I just can't say it out because of the way I've been brought off of hiding family issues. You know, you can't express it. You have to keep it private. Because of the way I've been brought up, I won't say anything. So, yeah, I was I still thinking of myself, my younger brother. He was just annoyed. My younger brother sometimes, my mom would call him, he would not answer. He can even shout at her. What does she want to do if she does anything? She will quickly, he will quickly demand to go to the father's house. And trust this scenario, when the mother is correcting the child, the father will call that, you see, I told you that's how your mother is. And then if the mother is correcting the child, the father too, um, the, both of them are always opposing each other. So either way, you always find support in one. You see, so they try to make you hate the other person. That's how separation is like, and it brings serious behavior problems. Another thing is I'll tell you is that that semester I had my worst results. Prior to that semester, my CGP was a 4.8. That semester I got 4.2. While other factors concluded to it, which I'll also discuss. But that is me. I reduced. At least I didn't even get a carryover. But you can see the low academic performance. It is hard to think of school.
when you don't know what is going on to your father or your mother, when you don't know where you will lay your head the next day, where you have not seen your father in months, and there are things you want to tell your father, but you are scared that ah, if mommy finds out that I'm talking to daddy, she will feel that, yes, I love daddy more, or vice versa. So it is just very hard. Sometimes I'm trying to read honestly, but this thought will just come into my head, and I find myself crying. Then my younger brother, he had no idea. School, he was still small, like 10. School was not his problem. In fact, I thank God he didn't even repeat or something, something. He just thank God of how God takes care of the situation. But school was not his problem. So both of us went down academically. Why should we think of school? When the parents that fund us themselves are fighting, I, I, sometimes my mom will call me and she's crying. She's crying that my, my, my father people called her. She's crying, she's crying. My daddy will call me, tell your mother to come back home. There's no reason why she's outside. All these kind of things. And I have to carry it along with my academics. Truly, what do you expect? Then another thing is weak taking behavior. Now, this comes from the fact that, personally, I felt that, what was the word about? This is my parents that I knew all my life. Yes, they fought, but I prayed. I won't lie. I prayed, but God in his wisdom, which then I didn't understand, allowed this to happen. So, in this life, like I told my mommy, I told her, do whatever makes you happy. So, me personally, too, I did whatever made me happy. And that includes a lot of risk-taking behavior. It's only God that saved me that I didn't engage in drugs or weed or something like that. And my brother too. My brother would stay awake playing games. Anything to make him forget. He can't sleep. He would play games. He shuts his eyes. He will watch cartoon. It's usually my daddy that used to discipline him when he's watching cartoon or all these kind of things. So he will play games, he watch cartoon, and everybody was living by the rule of whatever makes you happy. Now that's the spirit that comes in in separation. Not only does it affect the parents, but it also comes in the, in the children. Now mine was only that. I have friends that when their parents separated, I have a friend. She was my partner in this situation. This girl... She lost her virginity during this period. That takes me to my next point, that increase in sexual activity. Now, having a male figure in your life is something that is very paramount to every, every female child, especially when we are teenagers and when we are young. In the absence of a father, you look to everyone for that, that fatherly love, that fatherly care. I also felt victim in this case. You know, that's when I trust the devil. Or will I say trust providence and the flesh to bring up this point. That's when a lot of people come and they want to take care of you. And that was just, like I say, only the Bible says that he saves who he saves. And that was when this, my friend, she lost her virginity. She too, she was going through separation too. In fact, her father had left her mother for her mother's best friend. So she was more, worse than my own. But then we were both best of the same feather. We would cry together, we would tell each other so. And then comes this young man, and then, so also a young man who came into my life, and then he was like a father to me. He would, I would share all my deepest secrets, all my everything. And well, trust on godly men and ungodly women. From sharing deep secrets and emotional this and that, it gets quite intimate. Like I said, it's only God that have mercy on who we have mercy on. But there are a lot of people that go so far that they are not able to come back. And finally, I want to buttress on this point.
deep confusion and fear coming from no more hope in God. When this separation happened, I was lost. My lecturers didn't understand. I was lost. I was lost. What happened? At first, and then guilt came in. Can you remember I was the one that told my mommy to go? But I see my younger brother and how he would come and tell me, Oh, I miss daddy. Oh, I want to go home. Oh, this that. He would tell me that he can't he can't sleep. When he sleeps, maybe he dreams about our former house. I told I told I'm bad. And hi God, what advice do I want to give? And there was just this deep confusion and fear that seized us. So now um I'm one of the separated children. And this incessant fear that it will also happen to me, that I will never find love, that a man will use me, or a man will do things that I never imagined that he would do to me. On the other hand, I feared that I would be a bad wife. I feared that I will never have a happy home. These are things that, while I'm meant to be focusing in school, focusing on the movement of my life, these are thoughts that keep on popping into my head. How, how, there was no God in this future. There was no God in my future. There was no God in my picture. In my heart, I thought, if God could allow this to happen to my parents, for them to live this kind of soulful life, all my life, to be honest, I always thought it would get better. You know how pastors preaches that, okay, that it may be for a while, John comes in the morning, and it happens for some people. But in my own case, let's separation. So in my head, I was like, I felt so that it would happen to me. So that is the effect that I really wanted to buttress that happens to children when this separation occurs. I can't say it extensively, but then the pain, the fear, and the confusion, and your inability to, to think right. Who are you supporting? And no control at that time. At that time, you are boss. Everybody wants to, come, um, to be in your favor, your father and your mother. So you can never do wrong. And all this affects the behaviors and the effects, honestly. It takes God. It takes God to come and take control. And I'm saying it now because for me to be here and talking on what Jesus do, I never saw myself then that, yes, I would ever have this opportunity. But then I'm just, I'm just grateful that, yes, I can say it, that if you have been in that situation where your parents separated, and or your parents divorced, or you're in a situation where, worstly, your parents have separated and divorced, but they are just living together, just to make society happy. Trust in there is hope in the Lord. The, um, the book of Isaiah tells us of how God will give us beauty for ashes, a crown of glory for our tears that we have cried, oh God, and how he will make us the oak of glory of the Lord that we shall be standing and shall show the righteousness of god that's what the plan and the purpose of god his plan is for good so do not claim what has happened in your parents life rather claim what god has said in you i found jesus and that's why now i know that yes what should jesus do in this situation i would like to tell you that the bible um, jesus tells us that in matthew he tells us that the reason why there was even anything like separation and divorce during the time of Moses was because of the stubborn heartedness of the Israelites. So on a normal note, there was meant to be nothing like that. So that one of the most important things is for them to bring up godly children of God who 
both of them have a single goal and they serve as a light towards the Lord. But then how can this happen when they are separated and they are divorced? So that's one thing I would like to bring about. And and I also want to conclude in the fact that does it get to a point where separation and divorce is the best option? Since the Bible, you see that, like I said, in Matthew 19 verse 89, you see adultery. But in this case of adultery, I would like to say this, that there are cases when you can forgive. You can forgive. You can forgive. Remember, the Bible says that it's going to remove our heart of stone and give us a heart of flesh. And we can't say we are Christians if we do not forgive. When you look at the effects on your children, when you look at the effects on yourself, I would say this, that you should forgive. And this is not forgiveness, that you constantly remind your other partner that this is what you did, so, 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 so. But this is total forgiveness. Where, like, God forgive us. You totally wipe away the iniquity, and you guys rebuild. Now, that's what they call Christian character. That is what Jesus would do in such a situation. Then, in 1 Corinthians 7, verse 16, they say, If the unbelieving separates, less be not in such case that the brother or sister is not bound. For example, if your unbelieving partner, as you have come to the Lord, if your unbelieving partner separates, sure, you cannot force them. But the point is, as much as possible, as much as possible, reflect the light of Christ like the Bible. Maybe through you, such person can be sanctified, not such person can be converted, such person can be holy. And in summary, according to E.G. White, that is Ellen Guide White, who wrote in the Council on Divorce Separation, that the marriage and Sabbath have their origins in the institution to bring the glory of God to the benefit of family and home and ought to be like little heavens on earth, which she said in Adventist home. Hence, is the self-disposition and also divorce and separation that should happen from self and not to your partner. When you and your partner are having issues, Instead of you to always blame your partner, instead of you to always blame him, why yes, in case of violence, in case of abuse, I do not advise you to stay. Because I know how it is. It is even worse than you separating yourself. Because even the children will feel like, mommy, does, mommy or daddy doesn't love me. That's why she's staying there and daddy or mommy is beating us or abusing us or that's that kind of situation. So I would say that rather, we should follow Jesus. Who not counting himself as anything, but humbled himself, even unto the death, death on the cross. And as a result of that, he was given the name above every other name. If we are going to win in this marital race, I would say and emphasize on this point, that we have to follow what Jesus would do. And what Jesus would do is what the Father would do. And in all honesty, the Father said he hates divorce, he hates separation. Marriage is meant to bring about godly children. It's meant to be like little heaven on earth. And one thing I will say is that before it gets to the point of separation and divorce, please look at your partner. For the sake of your children, look at your partner. One of the first reasons as we're there in prep is getting married too young. Are you ready to get married? Are you ready to get married? Which kind of children, offspring, will your partner be able to train with you in this world? Everything is not about rushing or the current trends of being together. How rooted are you in the word of God? How are you going to train your children to be rooted in the word of God? That's like a house built on the solid rock. When the storms and the winds shall come, your marriage and your children shall stand those trials. Now, this is what Jesus will do. So I pray as we reflect on this point, 
Father will be able to help us and guide us and lead us and know that one issue on marital separation and divorce is that it affects the children and it affects them deeply. I pray that at the end of everything, we have every focus to glorify your holy name. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank mm-hmm. you.